Thanks for tuning into The Scoop. I hope we can continue to serve as an important source of information and entertainment during these unprecedented times. I want to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Bitstamp, before we get started with the episode. They're the original global cryptocurrency exchange. Since 2011, Bitstamp has been a cornerstone of the cryptocurrency industry and the preferred exchange for serious traders and investors, trusted by over 4 million customers, including top financial institutions. Bitstamp is built on professional-grade trading technology. Their platform is powered by a matching engine from NASDAQ, the global stock exchange, and their APIs are consistently recognized as the best in the industry. Bitstamp's advanced trading interface, TradeView, features live charting, deep analytical tools, and is available on web and mobile. You can download the Bitstamp app from the App Store or Google Play, or visit bitstamp.net slash pro to learn more and to start trading today. That's bitstamp.net slash pro. Ladies and gentlemen, before we dive into today's episode of The Scoop with Justin Sun, the founder of Tron, I wanted to make a note that this was recorded on August 5th. So obviously a few weeks has passed and a lot has changed in the market, especially in DeFi, which is something we talk about in the episode. It's really fun and interesting. And we were lucky enough to have the director of research at The Block, Larry Cermak, join us. And we dug into some of the major criticisms against Tron, how Justin got involved in the deal to acquire Poloniex, and of course, his infamous lunch with billionaire investor Warren Buffett. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to be honest, Justin, I'm a little offended that you only just started following me on Twitter. I think, <laughs> I think you've been following Larry even longer. I was uh, excited to get that follow, and, and Larry, of course, immediately just completely ripped me to shreds, letting me know that you've been following him for, <laughs> I guess, months and months and months. So, regardless, we'll forget about that. The past is the past. <laughs> Fast-moving market. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. It's an interesting time for crypto. And, you know, given your position in this market at kind of the heart of the speculative fervor, right, it's a good idea to have someone like you on the show to talk about what you're seeing and, and what's what's maybe driving some of the more recent momentum that's kind of, at least at the block, we kind of feel like it's back in 2017 in terms of the sort of speculation, in terms of just random tokens coming to fruition, to the fold out of nowhere, some of which seem meaningless. And then we have Poloniex, which is kind of was the poster child of the ICO boom, trying to make a comeback. And you're kind of spearheading that to an extent. But in any case, I guess to kick things off, like broadly, how are things going with Tron, with Poloniex? Sure, no problem. I think this year, our majority of the energy will be uh, focused on DeFi. I think definitely uh, the blog has already posted like an article about the analysis of the recently about the Poloniex DeFi. You can see uh, both Poloniex and Tron has been uh, focused lots of the energy on DeFi. Uh, I think it's just like uh, back to 2017 for like all the ICO days. So we have seen a lot of the market's demands for uh, on DeFi for sure. 
But right now, I still feel like this is DeFi is still in basically a very small uh, group of the people. I expect it DeFi will be even more popular. So one of the benchmark maybe I will use is more like some days maybe my uh, primary school classmate, <laughs> if they start to contact me, ask for like what what kind of the DeFi project they need to invest or something. It's just like back to ITO days, it's just like this. So I will take this more like a signal for uh, the market is is at the top of the like like the price. Yeah, I mean from uh, from my perspective, and obviously I'm more on the research side, so we look at uh, you know all kinds of different indicators for for the interest in crypto overall and the trends. And at least from my perspective, it's definitely picking up. Uh, there's more users coming in. You know, more people are starting to follow exchanges. More people are searching for Bitcoin. More people are searching for Ethereum. So it's definitely picking up, but like Justin said, it, it's definitely still quite early on. Matteo, my colleague at the block, he, he did some analysis yesterday and he found that the Uniswap users that are right now trading is only about 10,000, 10 to 15,000 of users. So it's mostly, you know, people with larger holdings, uh, but actually not that many yet. Uh, but the trend is definitely picking up, at least on the data side. But did you see the meme? I think it was on, it was obviously on Twitter. Everything's on Twitter, but... It was basically, you know, in 2017, people were concerned or wondering about which token was going to list next on Coinbase or something or Binance. And now it's what's listing next on Uniswap. Um, and and <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, when, when your retail friends or your old classmates start asking you about Uniswap, that's when you uh, know to hit that sell button. Um, <laughs> so here's an interesting question, Justin, like if you look back in 2017 and Larry and I were talking about this before we turned on the mics, Tron was obviously one of those tokens that kind of got caught up in the, you know, momentum upward and, and the retail fervor, right? There was yeah. a huge number of followers in, in the sort of Tron movement, if you will. And to an extent there still is, but going into this rally, right? Like, you see new players emerging, emerging. You see new tokens sort of becoming the darlings of the community, Chainlink, for instance, and, yeah. and others. How do you ensure that Tron doesn't sort of get left behind as a lot of this momentum, especially in DeFi, is being built on Ethereum? And there's so many more tokens that can draw attention away from your protocol. Yeah, definitely. I think the uh, first of all, the network effects um, is really important. I think let's take the Ethereum like example, right? So Ethereum is started back in 2015, and for these five years, Ethereum has accumulated lots of the network effects. So basically, on the scale of the like the developers on Ethereum and also the assets issue on Ethereum, right? Uh, one of the reasons I think. Uniswap has this kind of the explosive like growth is because the the assets issue on Ethereum is uh, dramatic. So that's why I think the network effects or the fundamentals I think is extremely important. So for these um, past three years, I think Tron has been worked like very hard to basically increase our network effects. Let's take some look like the projects built on Tron. I think first uh, is one of the most important is USDT on Tron. Because we, uh, back to 2019, we start to realize 
uh, stable coin is kind of like the fundamentals for an ecosystem. Even though we, we have seen like even Bitcoin network, basically Omni is very popular for USDT, but some people like may give an example, like the Omni price is not like going up, right? But I think the most important part is because the Omni is not like a smart contract platform. So basically don't, they don't have like this kind of the network effects. So people will just take Omni basically like a, a channel to make transactions. Uh, instead of today, you can see a huge demands for um, USDT, USDC, and all kind of the stable coin die for all the DeFi projects. So that's why I think Tron has been like focused on grow our uh, stable coin. We grow from almost zero to today is 3.7 uh, billion US dollars and continue to grow. And also for uh, dApps, I think we got lots of the progress too. Uh, we collaborate with Samsung. So uh, we basically upload a lot of the dApps to the Samsung ecosystem. I don't know if you like recently uh, noticed there is a very popular uh, PVP games called uh, Chenzi Arena is launched in both like Tron, EOS and uh, Ethereum recently. And Tron has the most like popular uh, user base. I think it's even beyond like 10K DAU now. Uh, it's not like much compared to original, like basically the mobile games, but for the blockchain games, I, I think it's a very amazing numbers. Uh, and I, I think after we introduce into the Samsung ecosystem, uh, because right now Samsung, Samsung phone, you can have like Tron wallet and support you play those decentralized games. So I believe definitely games is picking up. It's not like as popular as DeFi, but I believe the games on, on the protocol is also uh, picking up. And also, of course, DeFi, I think the biggest advantage for Tron uh, these days for DeFi, we have uh, three advantages compared to Ethereum. Uh, I think the first is scalability. So um, we know like Uniswap, like all the very popular compound maker on Ethereum, the biggest problem is always about the gas fee and the scalability problem. And the Ethereum is going to take a, a quite a long time to solve all these issues. And things like Tron, we are the only protocol, smart contract protocol is fully compatible to Ethereum. Basically, it costs you like less than a week to migrate from Ethereum to Tron. And you can enjoy like 200 times the, the scalability. I believe for the next two quarters, Q3, Q4, uh, we'll start to see a lot of the developers on Ethereum. If they have scalability problem, they will start to migrate to Tron. And then I think the second very big, big advantage is the liquidity of Ethereum basically is almost 6 billion US dollars of the USDT has been like used a lot for either like borrowing uh, borrow markets or lending markets or buying other tokens, right? So on uh, the Uniswap USDT pairs is also extremely popular. I think Tron has a huge liquidity. We have nearly $4 billion, but haven't been like trade against like any kind of the Uniswap kind of the token. So that's why uh, we're going to introduce like just swap in August the 17th. I think going to be picked up by lots of the developers. They will start to issue their tokens on Tron. They will see a lot of the people buying their tokens with USDT on Tron. So that's why I think the infrastructure level, stable coin, we have like well prepared for this kind of the decentralized exchange uh, running on Tron. And also I think it's very important is as a foundation level, we also 
put a lot of the resources and efforts, uh, and of course, Polonex on supporting all the DeFi projects, not only on Tron, but also on Ethereum as well. And I believe after those developers uh, come to the Tron ecosystem, they will find out we have lots of this kind of the support on different sides, right? Not only on the protocol uh, uh, and the support side, we also have liquidity, uh, stablecoin ecosystem, and a very large user base. Uh, sure. So that's why, yeah, I, I definitely believe the network's effects really matters. And for those like very kind of like old coin, like me, right? So I, huh. I think we, we want to compete with other like new um, protocol and products with the network effects and the fundamentals. Yeah, no, you really delineated that one pretty well. <laughs> so there are a few, there are a few different elements, right? You have, you talked about gaming, stable coins, DeFi, there's possibly an opportunity for you guys to maybe expand your presence in that market, given ETH scalability problems and the high gas fees. But Larry's really interested in the stablecoin bit. So I'm going to kick it to him on, on maybe how that fits into the strategy more broadly of growing Tron's presence in the crypto community. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I'll say is that I'm, you know, I'm definitely a Tron skeptic, but I must say that the growth in stablecoins on Tron, it's pretty incredible. You know, like you said, you guys have 3.7 billion and ETH is at about uh, 6.6. So not even twice more. Uh, and I'm definitely curious about a couple of things. Uh, you know, one is how did you guys kind of structure the strategy to try to get as much of Tether into Tron? I, I remember that you guys have some sort of incentives early on. Yeah. Uh, and they're definitely competitors, right? Like there's yeah. there's EOS, uh, there's some other L1 blockchains that are scalable, but you guys attracted the most attention and you guys attracted the highest amount of, of Tether. So I'm curious what the strategy was and, and how do you sustain that? Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, I believe the strategy uh, matters the most because like back to like 2019, uh, we started to realize stablecoin is one of the most important infrastructure for the public blockchain. So uh, that's why uh, we are uh, start to reaching out to like Tether. Uh, so if you like look back of the history before like uh, Tron basically reached out to Tether, there is like nobody like reach out to Tether. Basically, Omni like Ethereum is because like Tether built on them, right? So they are not like protocol level collaborate with like any kind of the protocol to issue the stable coin. So after uh, we uh, start to collaborate with Tether and lots of the people, right? We see like EOS, Auckland, like lots of the people start to basically collaborate with Tethers. But I think other projects, they might like just see the stablecoin strategy is more like a good to have, right? It's not like a must to have. So they will think like, right, we can collaborate with Tether doing some PR, but about the AUA, right? AUM on the platform or on the um, protocol, we don't really care. So, um, but I think for us, I mean, we are from the deep down of my heart, I definitely understand the importance of the stablecoin to a protocol. So that's why for Tron, um, it's just like Blonix, we are like owing into these strategies. So that's why we are very uh, care about the uh, the exchanges and the wallets who supports the USDT on Tron. So, so we reach out to basically most of the people in this industry. If they support uh, USDT, uh, we, we will ask them to support USDT on Tron. 
And um, basically, the majority of the exchanges we hold a good like interest for incentivize those users to holding uh, USDT on Tron. So I think that's like something we get the early days, basically the attraction of USDT on Tron. I mean, it makes first. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, hitching your wagon to Tether as a vehicle for growth makes a lot of sense. Like betting against Tether, despite the slings and arrows and the NYDFS and everything yeah. that we've seen, they continue to grow at an incredible clip. Yeah, and especially if you, look, if you look at Tether on Tron, like I said, I, I'm definitely a skeptic of, of Tron, but I've used Tether on Tron multiple times because when you just want to transfer some Tether from one exchange to another, you know, instead of paying two to five dollars in fees on Ethereum, you're, yeah. you're almost not going to pay anything in Tron. So it, it's definitely useful in some ways. Uh, well, that's that's what I was that's what I was going to ask because I feel like there might be some people listening who might not be totally familiar with the technical underpinnings of stable coins and and how they work. What aside from maybe lower gas fees are some of the benefits of trading with Tether on Tron versus any other layer one protocol. Yes. I think there is like uh this is the first stage, right? Though so they have some incentives. And once they they are on board of the USD on Tron, they will find out there's uh, like a uh, two uh, matters I think is the really important uh first about is the fees, right? So Ethereum, especially today, like the gas fee is, is tremendous. So you need to pay a very expensive price for all, all those transactions. And then the second thing, especially in the March 12th, this is like very obvious is the basically the, the time is really matters, right? So if you use like Ethereum, USDT on Ethereum, when you deposit into the exchange, try to buy Bitcoin at that time is around like $3,000. If you deposit in Tron, it's basically arrive like instantly. So you can buy in the 3000 the price. But if you transfer Ethereum, it may take like 15 or half an hour. And when you get into the exchange, the price already become like 5000 or something, right? Because the, the market volatility is huge at that time. So that's why I think all these days we have educated like all the like Basically, all the traders, they realize like Tether on Tron is, is more uh, stable and also they can enjoy like all these advantages. So that's why I think the retention rate of the customer is also very good too. So uh, we see a lot of the wells and the traders after they uh, start using like Tron network, they are not like going back to the Ethereum, right? So especially for uh, USDT. I think this is because some people might be skeptical. Uh, they will say like, this is just like a channel, right? For Tether's uh, Tron didn't even get uh, like any benefits. And also we see even like the, the Tether on Tron is grow exponentially, but the Tron price is kind of stay the same. Basically it's very stable. But I, I believe this is only the first stage, right? So we need to educate the older users about the usage of the uh, Tether on Tron. And the further we can introduce like all the DeFi, right? And other infrastructure uh, and also application on Tron, which will at that time is supported by like USDT on Tron. So, so that's why I believe this is more like a building a house, like infrastructure. So when you just doing some like infrastructure level of the work, it won't like affect the price a lot. But if you are seeing it in a long, long, long way, like uh, five years, 10 years, 
uh, we, you will start to see uh, this this is kind of like the fundamental piece like for the the whole infrastructure. Yeah, well, one more thing I'll add here is is that uh, you know, like for example, if you compare Tether on Tron with like something like Blockstream's Liquid, where they also try to make the swaps between exchanges really low cost and fast, you know, Tron basically incentivizes exchanges while someone like Blockstream is actually charging exchanges uh, to join this alliance. So for a trader and for an exchange, it's it's really no brainer. <laughs> like I, I'm I'm not really sure why anyone would use anything else, and since you can really transfer money between exchanges really fast, so it's just one thing I wanted to add. That's interesting. And yeah, it makes sense. Traders are going to want to use whatever's cheaper from a gas fee perspective. Using Tether on Tron appears to be much cheaper. Tron itself is probably more scalable, right? And there's an argument that it's it's more scalable than Ethereum. But there's also another argument or the other side of the coin, if you will, is that Tron's more centralized. So when people maybe bring that criticism up to you, Justin, how do you address it? Yeah, sure. Um, so first of all, I think this is basically um, the definition of the decentralization, right? So so uh, so first of all, I believe uh, there is a two kind of the consensus mechanism is very popular in our industry. One is POW and one of POS, right? So even though I I mean uh, the majority of the like like the lots of the OGs in this industry they believe. POW is definitely more uh, decentralized uh, than POS, uh, first of all. But you can see like sometimes, right, POW network also have this kind of the 51 attacks. Recently, uh, ETC have this kind of the problem. And, and also, even for Bitcoin, in a certain like period of the time, like some miners, they have like very large of the mining powers than, than others. Uh, which will also raise these kind of the issues, like, like centralized issues. So that's why I think this is like basically decentralization and the centralization is kind of like uh, something like we need to make a balance, right? Um, so for sure, we always want to make the network to be decentralized in some other ways. For example, like Tron, uh, we, we are basically POS, right? And uh, uh, the segment uh, we are in the POS is depots. So basically, just like EOS, uh, we uh, EOS have like twenty one super representative. Uh, we have twenty seven uh, super representative, and we have seen this trend happen in the depots industry. Is the professional uh, hedge funds and uh, like very prestigious exchanges start to basically get into this industry, right? Their like terms is more like staking services. You can see like today's. Trans super representative like Hobby, uh, Binance, Bitfenix, uh, Hit BTC, like all um, Poloniex and all different kind of the uh, exchanges occupies like even like one third of the the Tron super representative. And on the other side, uh, you can see like the hedge fund in Korea, uh, the hedge fund in uh, Vietnam, and also uh, in other countries. I think we have seen like five or six like hedge fund based staking services also built their Tron nodes, basically super representative on Tron and plus some, some of them is community nodes, right? So it's like running by the Tron supporters. So I think if you, uh, in terms of the decentralization, I, I think Tron network is, is good because it's well divided into like 
five or six categories. Those people don't know like each other. They are not like same organization. And also at the same time, they are not even speak the same languages, right? So uh, most of them in terms of the geology is like very decentralized. And also at the same time, I mean, there's like lots of different kind of the category. Um, So that's why I believe like for uh, uh, decentralization, if you give the definition of this decentralization is you don't want people to conclude to sabotage the ledger or these kind of the things. It's just like Bitcoin, right? So I think right now uh, the status quo at Tron for the decentralization, I, I, I think is good. And of course we are close, like monitor um, the basically the whole situation. We don't want to like end up like in like some days, like the majority of the like nodes or or super representative is only come from like one organization or anything, right? That that's I believe is definitely gonna like sabotage the decentralization. Interesting. So that's kind of one thing that people yeah. have criticized Tron for. And I promise I'm gonna ask more fun questions, but yeah, sure. just sticking to the tough line of questioning for a few more moments, Justin. Another thing that people have criticized Tron for is kind of going out and it's almost a meme in the crypto world, especially back in the ICO boom, just copy and pasting everything, which was commonplace then. But people have have said that Tron has effectively plagiarized parts of its white paper. And then not too long ago, I think this was in March, uh, you guys released the plans for a decentralized stablecoin I don't even know how I would pronounce this. Dejed, I guess it is. <laughs> Dejed. Um, yeah. is, is that right? Did I get it right? All right, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but yeah, basically, when you guys put that out, lots of people in the ether community, some people you know who who work here at the block too, who yeah. are, you know very fond of ether. I'm thinking of Mateo Leibowitz. We're really up in arms about um, you guys basically just ripping off Maker. So is this really something new and just generally like what's your response to some of these claims that you guys are plagiarizers? Uh, sure. Um, first of all, I want to like address about the platform name. So we changed from JAD to Just Network. So it's uh, all right. Much better name. Yeah, much exactly. better name. Exactly. What the hell is a JED? that's your first mistake everybody wants to talk about whether or not tron's decentralized not decentralized they're they're coming up with horrible names you guys both of you guys have one thing in common and that's your egos you know justin just (laughs) named it after himself (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh, after like people find out the jet name is like egypt like version of table right so people find out this is like very uh, weird so we we changed to just network. So like like all the yeah. like uh, gotta give uh, you props for that. <laughs> yeah. So and the older- okay. So so let's stick let's stick to uh, the just network. Yeah. It obviously borrows a lot of die concepts. Yeah. Um, but do you think that it's it's a ripoff of of Maker? Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, I think the like we are like the late like mover like believers. So so basically, lots of the people uh, believe in like moving the mat market like the first moving to market but i think we uh we we are basically want to do like everything especially i at the like the beginning parts we want to be the late moors uh because we want to like really see like 
the product is really have the uh, um, basically product market fit before like we move to any kind of the basically markets, right? So we, we don't want you like doing something like brand new. We haven't like even try out in the markets, right? So we, we want to have like proof case, prove like those case to be like very fit into the markets and the people like those products. Uh, before like we move to like any kind of the product strategy, I think on the product strategy uh, level that that's basically like how we um, doing things in the markets. I think that's the first thing. And then second thing, I think the like the code or anything uh, we use. First of all, we we definitely uh, give like attributes to like the any kind of the token or the source code uh, we are using. Uh, for example, like not only like just network, we use some technology from Maker and the code from Maker. Uh, first of all, I think we will guarantee those projects, open source project. And the second thing we we will do like all the attributes to the projects. And also like we already released like Tronzi protocols, which is zero knowledge approved technology. And we also uh, learn a lot from um, Zcash. Uh, but difference between the Tron Z and Zcash is we are like smart contract compatible. So this is also uh, the first uh, protocol to introduce ZK Snark into smart contracts. Uh, and of course, I think for Just Network, you will see uh, after like the development, we will have lots of different features compared to uh, Maker uh, in the future. Um, so so that I kind of get what you're saying. So yeah. basically. You're looking at the ecosystem, you see the success of, of Maker, and you obviously want to build something in that same fashion. Why reinvent the wheel? Why fix what's not broken? Let's leverage a lot of what they've built out. And then as we move forward, as we see the market change or participants change their behavior, we'll adjust different features along the way, seems to be what you're describing. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think the same time is... First of all, like we want to like support like Maker even built on Tron as well, right? So like any kind of the like developers, if they want to like build on like Tron protocol, our foundation definitely willing to like support all the developers to um, develop on Tron. So basically we are like neutral to like all the developers, right? We, we are welcome like everybody to build on Tron protocol. And also, um, of course, as you said, like the for the strategy level, we want to um, be focused only on the product uh, we believe is very popular. It's basically everybody like the product uh, before we move to the markets. Yeah, one, one more thing I wanted to mention, you briefly touched on developers. Um, so I think that's one of the strongest things about Ethereum is that they have a lot of developers and, and they're not necessarily- and Some of them are idea. so annoying. Yeah, that, that too. But, you know, the, the main thing I'm trying to point out is that they're not necessarily funded by the Ethereum Foundation, whereas in, in Tron, it seems like most of the- you know, protocols and most of the different applications are developed by the Tron Fund Foundation and, and, you know, funded by you, Justin. Um, so is that something that concerns you? Do you think the developers will eventually come? Yeah, so definitely. I, I think this is, uh, I, I think Larry has a good point. I think uh, not only Tron, uh, lots of the basically players in this industry, right, including like Tezos, Ada, EOS, and other um, protocol, they have the same problem. Because the like the ninety percent of the developers is already like building on Ethereum network, 
right? So they won't like migrate. So I think the Ethereum network have this kind of the advantage is because they launched back to 2015. They have a long time uh, to build the brand and build the ecosystem, had this kind of the network effects. It's kind of like Facebook, right? So when a lot of the people start to uh, build on Facebook, uh, it's very hard for uh, late, late movers to uh, attract those like people back to the to the network. So that's uh, definitely, I believe this is kind of the issue when you address like in the long term. So, so that's why I think when we first started our uh, protocols, first of all, we encourage lots of the um, developers to build like a real uh, good product on top of Tron. I think Tron today we have some like good uh, community um, products. Um, for example, like Tron wallets, right? They rebrand to Clever, and also uh, Chainsy Arena, right? They um, they are also uh, developed like Tron Bat, uh, Tron before. And also, uh, um, we have seen like uh, I'm Token, like uh, BitPi, and lots of the uh, developers. They start to like really uh, devoted a lot of the uh, resources into Tron. So definitely, I think in the long term, uh, we want to like change this kind of the way, right? So by like the 100%, we want to be like 100% community fund, 100% community like owned, and also 100% like community is doing all the evolvements, right? That's the like perfect version. But uh, my, if we want to migrate from this kind of the status quo to uh, the stage we want to build, I think we still need a long time to change to this kind of the way. So right now, I think we want to, uh, first of all, change from like lots of the infrastructure it's building on the trunk, it's building on by the trunk team, right? So we start to, like funded some of the independent team to start to build on Tron. Ultimately, I, I think we want to like change to community fund, just like Ethereum. So I believe like DeFi gonna be a good start, right? After I think we launched just swap and all the infrastructure. If we want we can provide liquidity to the developers, they can raise money and also get basically the co-star their product on Tron. I think we will definitely see a lot of the community developers. And I think the good part is if you compare to the Tron like situation back to 2017 to now, uh, 2020, uh, you will see very optimistic trend uh, to see a lot of the independent developers uh, start to develop on Tron. Makes sense. If you're a listener of The Scoop or follow The Block, then you know I am super excited about the future of crypto adoption, especially on the enterprise side. Our sponsor, Blockset, is not only helping to push development at the grassroots level with their multi-chain API, but also at the institutional level. Blockset is built by BRD, the first crypto wallet in the App Store from 2014, and one of the largest in the space today. They've taken the architecture and the knowledge they've gained over the past six years to create Blockset, a robust, reliable, and strategic B2B offering for developers and enterprises. Blockset is enabling banks and other major financial institutions to interface and build with crypto assets at light speed. See just how simple it is by visiting Blockset.com and sign up for a free account today. I want to shift gears a bit and I think <laughs> I want to shift gears to Poloniex and I want to, I want to provide a window 
if you will, into the way that like my job works. And, and I think it's pretty funny. I guess at this point it was almost a year ago. It was last November when we first reported that Circle was selling off Poloniex to a group of Asian investors, which included you, Justin, yeah. and yeah. and other people. But there's still a lot of confusion about how all this works. I remember when I got a message from one of my sources that Circle was selling off Poloniex, and they mentioned that you were involved in the in the purchase uh, through this new entity. I I didn't believe it. I was I was like shocked. I was like, Are you kidding me? Justin's son is buying. Poloniex. And they were like, no, no, not technically. He's not buying it. It's a group of investors. I was like, still, but Justin's son, what the hell's he doing buying a crypto exchange? It made no sense to me. Yeah. Um, obviously, you guys have done a lot with Poloniex, but I want to go back to kind of the origin story of that deal. Like, obviously, Circle kind of, uh, I want to be nice in, in my wording here. Um, you know, you can you can blame them for strategic hiccups or you can blame the regulatory environment. But under Circle Stewardship, Poloniex just completely collapsed. Like it yeah. fell off the map. Like nobody was trading there. Nobody cared. They were delisting things every day. Yeah. Um, but but before we dive into that and, and what you are working on to improve the trading experience there, walk us through how that deal even got on your radar in the first place. Yeah, sure. I think for, first of all, uh, I think of course, like everybody is like the the users of Ethereum, right? So even like myself, like back to 2016, I started to trade it on Poloniex. As I remember, like Poloniex is the first exchange uh, listed, like Ethereum, like Ethereum Classic, like Dogecoin, and all different kind of the um, outer coins. Poloniex at that time is the first exchange to list it of them. So I have to say, like, I, I am, like, very familiar, like, with uh, Poloniex in the first place. And, you know, like, Circle has lots of the um, Chinese investors, too. I don't know if you, like, notice, like, Baidu, like, CICC, like, IDG Capital, uh, like, like uh, uh, Chinese Innovation Fund, and all those funds is uh, investor of Circle. And I, I know like Jeremy, like back to like 2014, because both of us is invested by IDG at that time. So definitely, I think we, I have like lots of the connection with Jeremy. Even, I mean, of course, our companies is kind of two different approach. Uh, Jeremy is more uh, focused on the uh, regulatory uh, kind of the infrastructure crypto company. So I was more focused on application, more entertainment, this kind of the uh, side. So, but we like share the same investor uh, and, and also at the same time, I know him back to 2014. And also I, I chat with him like regularly about like everything, basically. I, I, I think we are like friends. So we, we talk about like all the things happening in the crypto industry a lot. Um, Jeremy personally, he, he visit like China regularly to meet IDG and all the investors. So, so that's why I think I know him pretty well. And when, um, back to, uh, a year ago, like, so, uh, when like, uh, Jeremy and the investor, like want to discuss with me and other investor, um, to have a chance to, uh, spin off the circle, uh, from the, um, Poloniex from the circle. Uh, I think it's a good opportunity. I mean, even a lot of the investors and even like 
some of my close friends, they, they don't believe this is a good idea because at that time, as you say, uh, the crypto on uh, the Plonex is really, I mean, in a very bad time. Uh, and, and also the mor morale is kind of like, uh, pretty low. At that time, it's also the, the bear markets, right? So like every uh, company is, is do not doing very well. So, so that's why, I mean, I'm basically, I think the only like believer uh, of like Bolognex and I believe like Bolognex can be like uh, picking up, right? If they adopt a good strategy, I mean, I think it's all about the strategy and the execution. So, so that's why I'm interested and, uh, um, uh, and also I persuade like all the investor uh, to convince this is like, uh, and the good way to spin the Plonex of the platform, Circle platform, and and you're yeah. kind of the guy who rallied a lot of these investors around the idea of acquiring this property. Yeah, uh, and even like after the Plonex is spin off the from Circle, I, I think basically I give them a lot of the strategy how to operate it and how to like get back to the markets. So how much of your day would you say is devoted to Poloniex? I think it's like maybe one or two days per week. I think on the execution side, it's not like a lot because I I was more like interested in the strategy, but I definitely give a lot of the like uh, tips about like how Poloniex should do, right? About like the token selections and what's going to be like the next wave in our industry how they're going to balance the regulators and also the customer experience. Because, I mean, I, I'm like a user of crypto exchange for quite a long time, for almost five years, uh, seven years, right? So I the first exchange I'm trading on is MTDOX. So so that's why I think I give them lots of the uh, uh, tips. And I think I'm, I'm glad that the Poloniex followed um, the majority of them. So uh, we have seen some of the like like uh, strategy like really have some benefits. I mean, for the users, and we start to see like some of the old, very old like traders uh, back to Poloniex. Yeah, we're definitely following Poloniex closely these days, yeah. especially given the recent listings. Yeah. But before we get into that, we definitely want to talk about Tendies. That was kind yeah. of the <laughs> impetus for for you coming on the show. But before yeah. we get into that. I'm very curious and it's something I've thought about ever since this whole deal was announced. Yeah. To what degree does Poloniex or having Poloniex sort of in the Tron family to a certain extent help Tron adoption? Yeah. How can uh, you leverage Poloniex to expand the, you know, Tron community or the number of folks trading and using Tron? Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, I think Blonex is uh, um, is also like a finance investment, right? So we want to see like after we turning Blonex around, we can also get finance returns from the investment of the Blonex. And for the Tron ecosystem and the collaboration uh, of Blonex, I think first of all, I will leave this like decided by like both Blonex team and Tron team, right? So even like a Tron team today, we, we have lots of the person like fully responsible for the development of Tron. And of course, like Poloniex, since we have got like a lot of other uh, investors, um, the team is they basically in a quite independent way. So like 
all the collaboration between Tron and uh, Plonix, we want both sides to satisfy with the collaboration, right? Before uh, uh, we like uh, move to any kind of collaboration, I don't want to do like anything like both sides feel like they they are not like making money or uh, they are the person who like contribute more uh, in this kind of collaboration. So I think right now we have like several collaboration. I think first of all is Plonix leads lots of the TRX pairs. And also uh, Plonix is always like the first one to support lots of the TRX-based uh, assets, right? For example, uh, Just is like one of the examples. And also Plonix accept TRX as like the, the fee on the exchanges. And also uh, they accept TRX as the currency for the uh, for the IEO currencies we, uh, vehicle as a vehicle. So I think right now that's like basically the the collaboration uh, between Tron and the Plonix. But of course, as I said before, like any collaboration between the Plonix and the Tron should be like a mutual agreement, right? So we don't want to like create like synergy if there's no synergy at all. So um, I think that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, I think the majority of the efforts uh, and the strategy today for Polonix itself is still like competes just like Kraken, Beatrix, Binance, like anybody else in the industry, right? Just trying to be a good exchange to try to be an exchange. Everybody uh, wants to trade their tokens on the Polonix. I think that's like the most important thing. And a lot of time when I communicate the team, Polonix team, I will always tell them it's like, other things doesn't even matter. The only thing matters is how to convince like our users on the Poloniex platform. Poloniex is the best place to, to trade crypto instead of like other platform. So I think right now Poloniex is still like 100% focused on uh, solve these kind of the fundamental uh, question first uh, before they can move to like anything else. To what degree is listing shit coins a part of bringing Poloniex back to its former glory of the heady days of 2017. It had like 60% market share at yeah, one point. Exactly. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So obviously I think, I think we talked about it earlier on in the episode, we've been going so fast into different topics. I forget, but we put out some research kind of illustrating the fast clip at which you guys are adding new tokens and, and in it, is in lockstep with the number of new tokens coming online. Like what was it with YFI? I, Larry pays attention to this stuff much more closely because he has so many bags, but there was YFI and then there was YFI two. And then there was YFI seven or something. And yeah, it half, just kept half of them, half of them exit scam at this point. So it's hard to keep up. Yeah. And I bet it's hard for you to keep up too, Justin. Like how do you, <laughs> when you're listing tendies and you're listing YFI, I don't know if you guys have listed YFI, but just as an example, yeah. Um, how of do you make they sure did. they did, right? Of course yeah, they did. Of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of fun and we kind of joke about it, but like, I mean, these are, these aren't, I mean, these are the shit coins of the shit coins. Like you called Tron a shit coin once, but like, <laughs> I mean, even, even Tron's not as much of a shit coin as some of these new, new age shit coins. <laughs> this is a new this is a new paradigm of shit coins. Uh how do you know you're not, you know, 
fueling the fire and maybe exposing people to things that are just too risky? Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, I mean, I want to say even like it's going to be like funny, but I still want to say like for like listing like requirement on Flonix, actually we adopt like very strict like listing standards, you know. So like like even, I mean, for the DeFi, uh, we, we are definitely owing DeFi and these lots of the like DeFi tokens. Uh, we are like first exchange to list the BZRX, like MTA and the YFI. And also we are like the, like one of the first exchange to uh, support a compound as well. And also like, like today, I don't uh, even have time to, to mention like all the DeFi tokens we, we are listing these days, but uh, <laughs> I, I have to say, <laughs> I have to say, we still like be very picky when, when we pick up the projects, you, you know, actually. So, you know, there is like 5,000, I, I know, I don't know, like 5,000 or seven thousand like tokens on union swap and on DeFi project these days you know it, it's very hard to believe but it did have like five thousand tokens so uh we we only like pick the even like last year than like one percent of the projects we, we think is basically legit you know uh has lots of the market demands at the same time those tokens gonna be like a, a long term gonna provide basically a long term like returns for our uh, users, right? So, so that's why I think we we are still like very picky when we find out those projects. It's just like like early days of the Poloniex back to uh, 2016, 2017. Even like Poloniex listed a uh, lots of the coins doesn't even exist today, right? After uh, three or four years, but some of the listing, right? Like Ethereum, right? A doggy coin, Ethereum Classic, and, and all the different forks uh, still like is existing today. And if you buy from the day one, uh, Poloniex lists those tokens, some of the token uh, will still provide like extremely like high returns for our investors. Um, so that's why I want to like, I want to say it's like even Poloniex seems to be more aggressive, like listed. Um, these tokens these days, but still, I believe we are trying to hold like high high standards for for listing. Since we're on the topic of tokens, yeah. <laughs> Larry, Larry just <laughs> pinged me. He really wants me to ask you about memes. We'll get to the memes. Yeah. Sure. Since we're on the topic of tokens, what about a Polo Exchange token? I think first of all, uh, definitely. I mean, this option is on the table, right? So. Um, but uh, for uh, for me, some of the investors, they, they want to like launch Poloniex exchange token for sure because lots of the investors, they want exit. So, but for me, uh, I it's also take me like sometimes to convince like everybody. I don't think like right now launch like exchange token going to be a good idea um, because first of all, uh, as I said, we are just on the beginning of the bull market. So... I don't think, even though, I mean, some investor may be crazy about DeFi, but the majority of the, I think the environment is still kind in like early days of the bull markets. It's not like everybody right now is very optimistic about the markets. And even like back to like November last year, I, I think the, the time is not good. So, so that's why I persuade like everybody to defer the Poloniex exchange token to a time uh, we will feel like 
like for the market share and for uh, for the community exception and also for uh, for the timing like all the things put together uh, uh, we we are really in a good like moment maybe to do something like exchange token uh, we will launch that but just for right now I think our like majority of the time and energy will still like focus on how to get the Poloniex to be like using by the crypto traders like every day, right? To solve this kind of the very uh, simple uh, question first before we like move to like any kind of like, like other actions. Yeah, you wanna you wanna walk before you run to a certain extent. Yeah, I almost forgot. I have to ask about the Warren Buffett lunch. We've yeah, been sure. <laughs> so much in the weeds on on the tech side of things and business yeah. strategy that we're yeah. kind of ignoring the very thing that propelled you into the public spotlight. If any yeah. non-crypto person knows who Justin Sun is, they know who you are in as much as you paid this absurd amount of money. Yeah, I think that I spent a lot of money Ubering Eats my lunch, but this <laughs> is just like the chattest possible Chad move is yeah. to just drop 5 million on, on, a, <laughs> on a lunch with some 90 year old dude. Um, he liked you. He, he liked you apparently. Yeah. He said you were a nice guy. Yeah. Not that I'm surprised, but what was it like? Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, I mean, definitely uh, um, the Warren Buffett lunch got lots of the exposure. I think even my mom's like dentist, you know, uh, <laughs> my mom, like your, your son is like having lunch with Warren Buffett. Like my mom is like very surprised, you know, like lots of the like, <laughs> people like even back. You didn't even tell her? She had to hear from your mom, from her dentist. <laughs> uh, my mom, I'm blessed with warm family, but the dentist asked her like, oh, like okay. what, what's this about, right? Uh, he having lunch with warm family, something like that. So lots of the like uh, people, like even the, they have like no idea about what what's Bitcoin, like what's cryptocurrencies. They they definitely know like the news of the warm family lunch, and for for lunch itself, I think is successful i mean even for like warren buffett right he called like bitcoin like red poison basically like a very like aggressive like harsh words against bitcoin in the early days but i think when i have lunch with him it's early early 2020 right this year uh, i think he is like you can see the attitude is kind of like a change uh gradually right so right now he's in the stage of like Bitcoin is not good, but blockchain is good. This kind of the state, you know. So uh, I think right now he is definitely like very uh, optimistic about blockchain technology. So so that's why he at the lunch he talks um, talk with us a lot about the blockchain move of like Wells Fargo, uh, American Express, like Visa, J.P. Morgan, and the all the like entity. He has shares in those entities, his portfolio. And uh, also, I mean, me, like Charlie Lee, we spent a quite a long time to convince him like the value of Bitcoin and the value of cryptocurrency. So I think at this kind of the stage, he didn't accept my idea. But I think eventually uh, he's going to accept those ideas, just like he accepts the idea of blockchain, like after three, five years development. Uh, we also have like, basically we have this kind of the appointment to meet like 10 years after this lunch. So basically 2030, 
so so we're gonna like review and look back to see like a lot of the prediction we have been gave like in 2020s like have this become true or has his opinion about cryptocurrency has changed or anything like that let's close this out with uh with some meme talk i mean that's yeah. that's something you're very interested in you're a you you fancy yourself a memer. Um, yeah. Do you make memes? Do you spend any time making memes? Uh, I think myself didn't like uh, ma- making like any kind of the memes, but definitely I think I, I like memes. And also even like when I'm like not like doing any kind of the Tron stuff, like back to like early days, I'm a meme, meme lovers. So I retweeted and, and also um, promote like meme, not only, I mean, in Twitter, right? So in the, uh, this kind of the English world, but back to you, like China, I was also doing like lots of the like Chinese memes, like, like all the stuff. So that's definitely, I think, I think meme is very important, especially in like our generation or even the like younger generations, um, the meme culture is extremely important. So, so that's why, I mean, after I launched Tron, we support lots of the community members to um, like make lots of the memes about Tron and also basically publish those memes in the communities. Uh, we want, want to create this kind of the culture because I think memes have like several advantages. First of all, so you can make fun of yourself, right? So you can make fun of like other people as well. So this creates I think it's a very humor, but also it's very like ease, like a way of understand like technology and also this kind of the, like some kind of the like tension between different kind of the cryptocurrency, right. And all the comp- competition. So that's why I think meme is a good way to express a lot of things. And also about the cryptocurrency, I think meme is also very important because like a lot of about like the fiat currencies, right? You can't make a meme about like RMB, like US dollar, Japanese yen, right? So because those currencies is made by those founders is not even in the world anymore, right? So it's very old currency. So if we want to have this kind of the new generation of the cryptocurrency is same like currency compared to like Japanese man, it's all currencies, right? But I think in the culture side, meme culture is definitely something differentiates these kind of the new generation cryptocurrency uh, with those like US yeah. dollars, right? Uh, Japanese yen, those kind of the currencies. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, in a sense, crypto native folks, because they're more in touch with meme culture, can leverage that to then draw in people maybe outside the community. And what you were saying earlier about memes kind of explaining things, the complexities of this space in a very easy to understand way is something that is totally on the money. Um, Like what was that one meme that was about Binance and FTX after Binance went out and launched its own leverage token? um, Yeah. What was that that one? Anyway, but th- like that, that's a perfect example. Like it's something right. incredibly complex that's right. kind of depicted in this funny way. It was basically like a little baby yeah. uh, CZ and a little baby Sam <laughs> uh, Bankman fried. And, uh, you know, CZ basically 
takes the uh, leverage token out of uh, Sam's hand. Yeah. Um, there's a word. This is like a well-known meme. It's not just yeah. crypto specific, but it explained perfectly like sort of what was going on in the industry at that at that certain time. Yeah. And then we totally do this at the block where we engage with our audience in a way where we kind of just make fun of each other. Right. Yeah, and people exactly. on Twitter really love it. Like they, oh <laughs> it's insane. Like how much they love, you know, I basically like called Larry, like every bad word in the book yesterday <laughs> in, in a sort of, I didn't get so much. Engagement. <laughs> that was so funny. And people think people love it. Some people think it's real that like we actually, I know. Some people are like, what are you doing? Yeah. They're like, you guys need to chill. Like it's not, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not it's not cool. It's not a good look. I'm like, no, it's totally, totally a joke. But that's like the worst thing is when people just don't get memes. And <laughs> yes, you have a lot of people on crypto Twitter who are crypto native and they're memers and they're sort of degens. And then you have just people who are like totally just oblivious to any sarcasm and to any, any joking. And they're just like, they're the worst, they're the worst people on Twitter. But anyway, love talking memes. I think this was a really interesting conversation. I actually learned a lot about Tron that I didn't know about. And I think we took you to task on some things and you gave some good answers and we got to talk about Warren Buffett. Justin, thanks so much for coming on. Larry, Tron chill. Thanks for joining us too. We appreciate your insights. <laughs> yeah. Hope to talk again soon. Take it easy. Sure. I'd like to give our sponsor Bitstamp a big thank you. The original global cryptocurrency exchange. Bitstamp is built for professional traders, yet intuitive enough for any investor. You can use Bitstamp's advanced trading interface, TradeView, to execute your strategy or instantly buy crypto in seconds when the opportunity strikes all from your computer or mobile device. Bitstamp prides itself on delivering unmatched customer service with a human touch. Their global customer care team is available around the clock via telephone, email, and social media. When you contact them, you'll always speak to an actual person, not a bot. You can download the Bitstamp app from the App Store or Google Play, or visit bitstamp.net slash pro to learn more and to start trading today. That's bitstamp.net slash pro.